What does true wellness mean to you? I'm Claudia Cometa, and that is the question I will be leading with in the Minding Wellness podcast. Each and every week, I will bring you experts who will share their personal wellness journeys and their insights into what it means to mind our wellness. Health is a state of body. Wellness is a state of being. Let's dive into improving our state of being. Welcome back, podcast friends and family. I wanted to first give you an update about where my heart and soul are with the frequency of the episodes that I'll be releasing on this podcast. And then we'll dive into our amazing guest today, who I'm so excited to share with you. So first, the frequency. I have been sitting really intentionally with where I want to be with regard to the podcast episodes and What I am feeling very strongly about is providing you all with intentionally curated and quality content. And I am noticing that there are times that I maybe am busy with clients or with other projects and can't always ensure weekly content is of the highest quality. And I never want to feel like I am filling up those weeks with content solely for the purpose of releasing weekly episodes. So with that in mind, I want to assure you the podcast will continue because I absolutely love doing this. I really do. It is my most favorite unpaid gig. (laughs) And that's the truth. So I will continue to podcast. The frequency of the episodes will be as they come. So I may have an every other week schedule for a while based on the recordings that I have created with guests. There may be times when it might be monthly. There may be times when I might even have two a week because there might be a really cool bonus episode. So what I'm basically telling you is it's really great if you would subscribe to the podcast so you can be alerted of when new episodes will come out and I will promise you good quality content, which I hope you feel has already been the case. I simply want to make sure that we continue that. So without further ado, I would love to introduce my guests today. And yes, I did say guests plural, which is really exciting. Authors Anthony and Stacy Locascio are professional tap dancers who understand the importance of the body's well-being. When health challenges put their dance careers in jeopardy, they sought answers and eventually found food was their prescription. Their own journey to an anti-inflammatory lifestyle led them to write the best-selling handbook, Food as a Prescription, a handbook for those currently on or prescribed a gluten-free soy-free, corn-free, and or dairy-free diet. These two were so fun. I loved them. I loved their energy. When I ran across their work, I reached out to them because I was like, I've got to have you guys on. You just seem so cool, so in touch in a way that I don't think I've been able to pun intended tap into. So I'm going to share them with you. Please join me in welcoming Anthony and Stacy. 
All right. I'm so excited to be here today with Anthony and Stacy Locascio. And it's you go by Tony, right, Anthony? No, you don't by Tony. There's a story behind that, though. And oh. I'm happy to share that with you if you'd like to know. Let's well, let's do that now. Let's get on the table so we let's get right this away. Let's, we're in. We're, let's we do started, it. We're in. No Tony's, um, only Anthony's. Yeah, well, my 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 when my grandfather passed away, my father's father, he was a grandpa Tony. And I always went by Anthony or aunt. So I had made a promise to him. I said, I will never be a Tony until there's grandkids involved. And I'll be a, a grandpa Tony and I'll tell them stories about you and That'll be a way so that you know that we've kept your memory alive. Now, I've never had children and I've never <laughs> had any grandkids, but every time someone calls me Tony, I get to tell that story. So I'm yeah. keeping his memory alive by telling that story that happened between him and I before he passed away. Best story ever. Best story. I had no idea we were even going to start with that. And it's it's fantastic. We just kicked it off with uh -huh. like an emotional connection. I love it. You are Anthony. Well, so my husband is Michael Anthony and he goes by Tony. So, um, oh. so there's there's like a, a connection there, but you are Anthony until cool. further notice. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. Well, before we get started and dive into more of your amazing story, let's first ask you the question I ask all of my guests, which is what does true wellness mean to you? Um, I think it means to me to just have your whole body, soul, mind well. You know, and whatever that means for you, because it's different for every person, um, really working every minute of every day toward that goal of complete and total wellness yeah. for your entire being. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, balance. It's balance of a couple of things, you know, like like you said, body, soul, I guess, thinking yeah. about your chakras, if that's something that people understand or are familiar with, and checking in with them. And something that we say a lot being an advocate for yourself knowing your body if something happens to you in you or around you that doesn't feel right don't ignore those things investigate them and getting down to the bottom of those things or getting to the root of them will help you figure out what total wellness means for your body mind and soul mm -hmm. love it i love you too see i knew this was gonna go well you're we're we're, <laughs> we're like we're right here um, okay, let's get started with your stories. And I know your stories started separately and then came together. So I would love to tie them in and whoever wants to go first is perfectly fine. And then we'll, we'll tie them in with the other. So, um, whoever wants to kind of start with how this health journey tied into your entertainment dance journey, uh, we can start with whomever would like. Got it. You want me? I usually say Stacey <laughs> goes first because she started her journey first and yeah. then it kind of leads into mine. So yeah. Okay. So I, I, I got a bacteria in my throat. I was prescribed um, a, a, um, an antibiotic and I believe it brought out a dormant autoimmune issue that I had when I was a baby. Um, so then I, I started seeing a really awesome rheumatologist, not from this country, which is super important. Um, because she actually, while she put me on some Western medications after testing, she suggested that I try the blood type diet. And that was really the first time I connected food with a health disease, quote unquote. Sure, you know, we all know that food changes your body and different things like that, but it never occurred to me that food could be connected to a sickness that one could have. Um, so that that completely set me on 
my journey really. Um, after that, I went and had an EAV screening um, where you hooked up to a computer a little bit. There's a metal node in one hand and she touches meridian points on your other hand with another metal node at certain points and the computer's telling her all these things, you know, whatever it is. And then it spits it out at the end. And basically I had a friend, I was showing it to everybody I knew because I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. I have all these things that I can or can't have. And what's the connection here? And a friend of mine said to me, well, it's what your ancestors could eat. And a light bulb triggered and I was like, wow, because I couldn't have tropical fruits. Well, I'm like ghost white. And so it's pretty obvious, <laughs> you know, that of course uh, my body would react better to foods that my ancestors had versus foods that my DNA Before. probably wasn't capable of, of really processing well. Um, so that started my journey and I just kind of evolved from there. And during that point before the next section of testing that I had is when I met Anthony mm -hmm. and then we kind of went on the next section together. So I'll let him take Yeah, that. at that point, leading up to leading up to <laughs> when we met, um, back in like 97, I was in a show called Tap Dogs and I was in that show for many years. That's how I kind of became like a famous tap dancer deal. And at some point early on in my career with the show, I discovered myself internally bleeding. People say, well, how do you know? Well, I had a crazy bowel movement that was painful. Without getting into the gory details, it was very scary. Um, I tried seeing a doctor on the road without family. That didn't work out very well. He was suggesting, get this, he was suggesting, you're a male dancer. Um, so maybe you are gay, not coming to terms with that yet. And this is why you're yeah, this is why you're seeing uh, blood in, and I was like, and I remember just blacking out and not really processing the rest of whatever that conversation was, because I'm like, I'm a doctor. I haven't been bullied over dancing in years. I mean, he's a doctor. I've been bullied over dancing in years, and now I'm sitting in a doctor's office asking for help without my family any near me, and this is what you're going to suggest to me? As an adult. As an adult. So I kind of <laughs> shut down and just did my job. Dealt with it. Dealt with it. And then eventually when I was off contract and I was back in a, in a location where I wasn't on tour, I saw some doctors. That they didn't know what was wrong. There was some suggestions, no full diagnosis. Um, in the process of all of that, I was also uh, diagnosed with bipolar ADHD. We addressed that with some medications. The medications were, I felt, starting to hurt me. I came off the medications. One of the things that was suggested to me by a different type of doctor who um, thought nutrition and things should be considered when we're caring for people, not just right to prescription drugs, had said, maybe you should take out high fructose corn syrup, it'll help you with your manic states and the up and down. So I took that out. And it was the first time in my life, that was in my mid early third, mid thirties, that I used food as a prescription to improve my health. And I saw a difference. So that was on my mind. Years later, met Stacy, and then our journey continued together where she said to me, now at this point, it wasn't just blood in my stool. I was also dealing with, um, I looked very swollen. My skin was raw and tearing up in certain places. So something serious was going on and we couldn't get an answer. A good friend of mine who wrote the forward in our book, Dr. Rob, I love to reference Dr. Rob. I was with him last night. His son's getting married next week. So, you know, shout out, cheers, Trippy. <laughs> um, and we went, he was watching what was going on with my wife and I. We went on a tour together. During that time, I took out gluten and dairy. 
which my wife suggested. And I lost about 30 pounds in two, in a little over two months. And at times I went from a hundred percent blood in my stool, whatever level it is to almost no blood in my stool at some times. And other times it would flare up again. So obviously something good was going on while I was still dealing with this issue. Talked to my chiropractor, who's also a nutritionist, Dr. Robin, we got home and he said, I think now it's time for you to take an, uh, a nutrition response test. We both took nutrition response tests, which told us what our body liked or didn't like when it came to foods and environmental um, agents and that kind of stuff. And once we took that test, it said I could put dairy back in, but I need to take out gluten, soy and corn and a couple of other ancillary things. Once I did that, I had the best results I ever had in my life as far as healing and experiencing layers of healing and putting in some supplements. So without telling you everything at the same time, I think that was that was kind of like our journey to get from where we individually were, then coming together, going on the rest of that journey together, and then finally discovering that, man, there's a lot of people out there who are struggling and being dance teachers and people who love to help other people and you know, we, we need to take a collection of the stories and answers we're giving people on Facebook and groups, collect it into a handbook and make this kind of thing available to people to help them and empower them. And that's kind of like the cyclical. <laughs> I know it's a long story, but it's two people and it and it was a long yeah, journey. It was. It's it's really honestly, I love it. I love stories like this of people who become passionate, not because they foresaw themselves being doctors at age three or whatever, but because they literally lived it and yeah. it isn't necessarily your profession, but it is now a passion, a passion so much so that you want to educate others. So I would love to, there's a lot of parts to this, um, you know, a lot, lots of pieces to this, but I, I really would love to know, you know, we talk about, um, food and the shifts in food. And, um, for, for some people, I think that there is some acknowledgement that food is playing a role so for others. It's hard to accept because traditional medicine often doesn't, as you already mentioned. Um, but for those who are kind of like, yeah, I get it, but I find it really difficult. And so as you're talking, you know, I eliminated X, Y, Z, you know, dairy, gluten, soy, um, you know, it, that, that can be a difficult switch if you are used to just eating whatever and not ever thinking about that. So talk a little bit about the challenges. Um, you know, was it, was it easy for you or, or did you, what were the challenges of making that switch? And so, just so people who are, who are trying to, or are already, you know, moving in that direction can kind of feel into your challenge and know they're not alone. And then maybe some tips as you, it's as you learned. Yeah. It's very, it's very difficult, difficult at first. And it's, and the challenges <laughs> could be a very long list. Yeah. Um, one of the challenges is mindset. Yeah. So mindset is super important. If you go around talking about, I can't eat this, I can't eat that. All you're going to do is think about and focus on what you can't eat. One of the first things that you're going to feel deprived. Yeah. You're going to feel yeah. deprived. One of the first things that I, that I like doing when you have a situation like this is writing down what you can eat. Cause when you do get this kind of diagnosis of, you know, being prescribed food to change your life. It's like, well, what do I do now? You've told me I have to take out gluten, but how, how the hell do I do that? What does that mean? So one of the challenges was defining that once it, once it was suggested. And by writing down what you can eat is a huge one. Another challenge is feeling like, am I ever going to be able to go out to eat again? You know, so you have to relearn how to go out to eat. Another challenge is, you know, family and friends. Some people think that this is trendy. That's another challenge is society or a joke. Or they think, that, oh, you're just jumping on board with everyone else. They don't realize how serious or severe it is. So 
when you say challenges, it's like, okay, okay, well, which one do I pick to tell you? <laughs> but I also start thinking about, well, while they're all challenges, they're all doable. And if you don't have the knowledge, they seem like very detrimental challenges. And if you do have the knowledge, they seem like challenges you could all easily overcome. So when you ask that question, my mind, my ADHD brain goes over there and then over there and over there. So it's kind of hard to pinpoint one thing to talk about. I remember when we first got together, I was watching Stacy have a challenge of relaying her issues to servers because at that time I wasn't eating this way and I still wanted to go out to eat and try to find ways to go out to eat with her because that's a romantic thing you do it. Someone in a couple, you wanna go out to eat and talk, right? So I eventually came up with the idea of a food card. So instead of her telling her server what she needed and the server writing things down, it was busy going back and forth. We got took a business card, wrote on it what she can eat on one side and what she couldn't eat on the other side. And from now on, when she sat down to eat dinner, she handed them the business card and then the server had the information with them the whole time and then the Pass server the feels cook. like you care and you're not just putting your problems on them in the middle of a busy restaurant they feel like okay i have something to reference and i don't have to run back and forth uh you look like there was something that you wanted to say as well there was yeah, yeah. um i think the very first thing that happened to me when i tried to make this change was that i had to look at the foods that i couldn't have as poison mm -hmm. and that was the mindset that he's talking about that worked for me because I knew how I felt when I ate those foods and I didn't want to feel that way. I didn't want my body to attack itself and have to be on prescription medication for the rest of my life. So that was how I achieved my goal was by looking at those foods as poison and that I didn't want to poison my body with those foods. So sometimes you have to go a little drastic um he used to say to the servers no she'll die don't, yeah. no, can she have mushrooms nope, <laughs> nope she'll, die. she'll die i'm like she won't Obviously really die i won't die but she's gonna be sick for a couple of days and we want to <laughs> avoid that yeah, yeah. but it's it, it sometimes you have to go to the drastic side in order to really make it clear to other people even sometimes your own brain will be like oh i could just have one no you really can't and that's how you have to look at it from now on. That's it. <laughs> I totally get this um, from a deep level because my son actually has an anaphylactic type situation oh. with peanuts. So, so I know yes. and that's, you know, IgE made, mediated and that's not necessarily what we're talking about here, but I understand it from a conceptual standpoint of, oh, yeah, no, it, he actually could die. No, yes. it's exactly what we're yes. talking about. People need to understand that this is very serious. serious. And though some people treat it trendy, well, I want to lose some weight, I can eat gluten free. Mm -hmm. That's not the truth for everyone. So if you're in a position of serving those people, you have to take it with a grain of salt and be, and understand that you have to take it serious, even if sometimes other people don't. We've heard stories of little boys being threatened by other kids or bullied by a freaking peanut butter sandwich. So when you say that, that resonates with us. We've, we've talked to those people. So it, yeah. it's right on par. Yeah. Yeah. My son actually had that happen in first grade. And he oh. told me that a kid like shoved peanut butter in his face. And I was like, this is, you know, when I first found out he was allergic back when he was like four months old, even before we started solids, I was envisioning the bullying. Like I was yeah. already, yeah. how do I prevent? So anyways, I don't want to get too, too far off, but I, I appreciate 
um, you know, the highlighting of the importance of this. And for those who don't necessarily understand it or deal with it, or, or maybe they are dealing with it and they don't know that this is the problem. Um, mm-hmm. it, it can seem so foreign. And so like, you know, out there that I got to think about my food like three times a day. That's just, that's a lot of thinking, <laughs> but I love that you kind of take the challenges of like, well, it doesn't have to be an insurmountable challenge if we just have the knowledge of how to, and it just becomes a new way of looking at it and a new way of handling it. And I can just give the server my business card, which is really my food card. And how easy is that to do, you know, like, and that probably is a better business card than most of us don't even use business cards anymore. So I love that. That's, and that's like a yeah. life-saving bu- a card rather than, you know, Hey, this is my website. So, um, I love it. I love it. I would love to know, you know, I'm a private patient advocate. That's kind of my gig. I used to be a a clinical pharmacist. That was my gig. And now I actually um, advocate for people. And as an advocate, I hear a lot of advocating in what you all do. And so I would love to know what the experience was like advocating for yourselves and now advocating for others in multiple ways and talking out like this and in writing your book, what does it feel like to now be um, in that space? You're basically advocates. Well, my first experience really being an advocate. I always believed in the medical system and I grew up, you know, that's that's how I was like, go to a doctor when you get sick. They know, they're knowledgeable. Um, thankfully, thankfully, I had the first rheumatologist that I did. Unfortunately, she moved away. <laughs> you know, not very long into my treatment. And I had to find a new rheumatologist and it didn't go well. Um, You know, sometimes doctors just don't want to listen to you. And I literally said to the new rheumatologist, well, I've lived with my body my whole life. You haven't. I'm telling you what's happening to me. And she didn't care. They did all the tests again found out the same information again. And then I moved to New York. I didn't have a doctor for a long time. I, I By that point, I was using food and things were going well. And then I found a really awesome functional medicine doctor who actually listened and actually, you know, went the route of, oh, wow, okay, I'm actively listening, writing down what's happening to you and forming a personal plan based on what you're saying to me. And I think that's the first place you have to be an advocate is with with anyone you come in contact with medically. And if you don't feel right about what they're saying to you, find another doctor, find another doctor. There's another one. There are I don't want to say they're a dime a dozen, but they are. And there are some really good ones and some really bad ones. And you have to find the one for you. I think Anthony wants to mention something else about being an advocate. Oh, I didn't have did something it? specific, oh. <laughs> but, but I definitely will. I'm loving being an advocate for this yeah. right now because yeah. my whole life I've dedicated to entertainment and teaching. And now I'm getting to do that. Like right now I'm entertaining and I'm teaching. <laughs> like, this is fun. I love this. This is this, this. And it's the really the results that's the most exciting part, right? So by advocating, by being an advocate now, I'm getting people coming to me, thank you. I didn't know, this is awesome. That feels really good. That that completes the, the circle. Knowing that someone says to you, thank you, means that you put it out there, they found it, they applied it, it changed them in some way and that made them 
feel like they wanted to reach out to you and say something to you. That that's a really nice um, cycle to be a part of, and and, and I'm enjoying that because it, it feels good. I think I thought what you were going to say. Yes. Is um, when you go out to eat or when oh, you're when you, yeah. so traveling to one eat. One of the most important places to be, to be an, an advocate, advocate for, for yourself, yourself is when you go out to eat. That was something that happened early on with us yeah. too. We went to eat somewhere. She didn't feel comfortable where we were. And I said, well, let's get up and leave. And she said, well, we're already sitting down. I, like, I don't care if we're already sitting down. If you get somewhere, anywhere, at any time, and you feel like it's unsafe for your health, get up and leave. And you don't have to, you don't have to burn a bridge. Thank you very much. You know, we, we have some other plans or have a nice day and just get up and She's go. It's not going to work okay. for us. It's okay. To, you could be an advocate for yourself without hurting other people's feelings. Your health is more important than thinking you're going to hurt somebody else's feelings. I love all of that. I love all of that. Um, I mean, I really do. I, I love the background that you're bringing into this. And I love that you highlight the choice. And I think a lot of times we forget that we have a choice. And mm -hmm. a lot of times, even my own clients will say or feel, well, and I've got a loyalty to this physician, you know, we've, we've like, they yeah. know me and, you know, I don't, it's, a, it seems so overwhelming to have to get another doctor to know me. Um, but yes, it ultimately it's, 100% what you already said, which is doable. It's figure outable and it's well worth the effort put into finding the doctor who, um, who you connect with. And if that's, a, I absolutely believe in functional medicine and I believe in looking for doctors who are able to follow you and realize that sometimes we have to go outside of the box and the box really is a self-imposed traditional medicine box that that's just mm -hmm. the culture that's been in this country for a while. And, um, sometimes it's hard to, to look outside of that box when you're part of that system. And so people, you know, exit the system and go into functional medicine and more holistic and that's fantastic. And, um, and I, I, I also talk about like knowing versus knowing there's the, there's the knowledge of medical school. And then there's the knowing of yes. you, of who you are yes. and what, 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 you know, makes your body feel better and what makes it not feel better. And that's arguably even more important than the book knowledge. And so where can we come together in this middle space? And that's um, so, so important. So I love that you all are highlighting that. Cool. What I would love um, to talk about now is the parallel with, with, I would love to bring in your, um, your work, your actual, your dancing and this tap dancing. And it's just, it's so fascinating to me because it's so not my world, but I did interview, um, on a, on a mental health, um, more, more specific episode, um, Johnny Crowder, who, who I asked him about because he's a musician and he talks about mental health, but I asked him, he's a guitarist. And I said, you know, what does the guitar mean to you? Like picking up the guitar, I'm just so fascinated by it. And he was like, you know, it's like that friend. I can just pick up my guitar, you know, and I don't have to worry about that the guitar is busy and can't come right now. Or like, you know, it's just always there. And so I would love to know if there are any parallels that have come up for you or that I'm, I'm forcing to come up now um, of the, like the flow of dancing. What does it feel like to be in the flow of dancing and now in the flow of this lifestyle change that you've made and um you know are there any parallels there i think the, oh, <laughs> <laughs> well first i was gonna as far as tap dancing go for me because this is like my earliest memories of becoming a tap dancer were nine years old and i just always did it and i didn't know why i just enjoyed it it was a place that i found joy and happiness and a place where i wasn't bullied and a place that was felt safe and i had a male dance teacher and you know, that the universe kind of just always gave me tap. And eventually, 
put me in a position where I became an internationally known tap dancer. I opened up for Stevie Wonder, Natalie Cole, Earth, Wind & Fire. I was off Broadway with, with tap dogs. I toured for years. I became a convention teacher. So I think the universe always guided me to and through tap dancing. Now, I learned a lot during those years. I learned about rejection from auditions. I learned how to help people. I learned how to be very observant. I learned a tremendous, the list goes on. I lived a lot of life in a very short period of time. So all of those things prepared me for whatever was going to come next in life. And I always felt tap dancing was a, was a step to where I was meant to go. And right now, after all this time, I feel like tap dancing has prepared me for the, this step of, I mean, how do you present material to people in a book? It has to be entertaining, yet informative and helpful. Like all it, the, the amount of stuff that, that layers over each other between the two things could be endless if I really started, you know, going through it. So there's a lot of things that flow through each other and one prepared me for the other. Now for you. I have two connections. Um, the first one is I'm always my best self when I'm dancing. Hmm. Um, and that's how I feel about when I'm eating, you know, I try to be my best self. And the second one is dance is a discipline. And everybody argues whether it's an art or a sport. I say it's a discipline because you have to be disciplined in order to achieve success. And it's the same thing with your health and your, your diet or lifestyle. You have to be disciplined every day with every decision that you make. I mean, fantastic. I love that that was off the cuff. I, I think it sounded like it was off the cuff, but it sounded amazing. So um, I love both of it. I do I do think that I, I totally talk like this. I talk like universe. So you're in good company here. Um, and 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 my audience is used to this now, so they're good. Um, so I, I am very much a believer of that too. I very much believe that our paths are, um, you know, lead us to the next part of our journey in a very um, purposeful way. And, and that our impact in this world is very much related to all of those parts. And so I, I love it. I do. And I think it's so fantastic to be able to connect those dots retrospectively and be like, yeah, that totally ties into that. And that's, so that's all super cool. Let's talk a little bit about your book because, um, I love it. I love that you, that you wrote a book. you you weren't even just like, let's get on a few podcasts. You just, you went full <laughs> into authorship. So, so talk about the book, wh why the book and what to it, what people can expect in the book. Well, uh, the book is titled food <laughs> as a prescription and we go everywhere from telling our stories, um, to, like we mentioned food cards before giving a lot of tips and tricks uh we spent a lot of time and money on exploring different brands of food so we talk about the brands of food that we found to make people's journeys easier we give our food list earlier i said we wrote what we could eat so we write our food lists down in there encourage you to do the same thing there is mindset discussed in there to help people get into the into a, a, a high quality frame of mind for their own selves to empower them and enlighten them then we do a Gosh, it's, it's, and here's the thing, we say book, but it's really a handbook. It's only 71 pages of reading. So for those of you who feel like, oh my God, it's overwhelming. It's not about being overwhelming. It's about being simple, straightforward, and helpful. So there's also a food diary in there. We teach you how to keep a food diary so you can track your food for two weeks, how you feel, you know, there's recipes in there, carefully crafted recipes. So you could try some of the recipes because another big theme for us is all we do is delicious. So if we're going to eat this way, you're darn rootin' tootin', it's going to be delicious. I'm Italian. I grew up in the kitchen. I'm not eating food that doesn't taste good. So many people say, hey, what do you eat, air? I'm like, no, I eat <laughs> carrot cake 
and cheesecake and it's delicious so it's all packed into the book and it's easy to consume i think yeah what about the why what about the why? Oh, the why. That's a great question. It's almost yeah. like Claudia asked me that and I completely missed it. It's okay. <laughs> the why, <laughs> when we were all in lockdown, we were in a lot of, we're in a lot of Facebook groups that have to do with gluten-free, soy-free, corn-free. And, you know, we saw it day after day, multiple times. I just found out I have to be gluten-free. I don't know what to do. I'm scared. My son has to eliminate soy and corn. What the heck do I do? My doctor told me that, but not how to do it. What can I buy at the store? What do I buy at the store? How do I do this? How do I do that? People scared and nervous. And, you know, when you have to do something unknown, it could be terrifying. So we don't want people to be given this diagnosis or food as a prescription and to feel like they don't have, like they're overwhelmed or they don't have a guide. So when... You we found ourselves writing the same answer yeah, all the time. There you go. The why on the comments, yeah. right? And People by like maybe me, like the twentieth or thirtieth time we were writing the same comment, we kind of went, maybe, maybe we this should is write the book. a book. People said to me about my life, "You should write a book." Yeah. Like you went to Monte Carlo and hung out with all these people and did this and that. You should write a book. I'm like, yeah, but I was also in Tampa. Well, you should write a book about that. And then it just became clear this was what we the needed to was, write a book yeah. about. This. I love it. I love you too. I just want to like pack it you up. And like, you're just fantastic. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and how fantastic that now you can say, yeah, we're happy to answer this, but it's also in the book. You can go get the book. And I love that it's a handbook and consumable. And I find that people who um, are not in their traditional healthcare system who come into it with a passion approach it this way with simplicity. Yeah. And that's where we're lacking a lot. And um, so I love learning from those who come into this with like, no, we need to make this easy. We can't, we're tired of complicated. It's unnecessary that it's so complicated. So and- much research between the two of us went into us in our journey. And we don't want people to have to wait the same amount of time that we had to wait in order to, to make this change. Yeah, I love it. I love the passion. I love the work. Um, I love you too. Where can people find you? Where do they find the book? Where do we find some videos of you all of you dancing? I, <laughs> I listened. I listened in advance because I'm I'm a good. I do my homework, and I wanted to make sure I got the name right. Um, especially because I'm Italian too, and I can't be messing up an Italian name. Uh-huh. So, but I did have not. I need to know where we. I need some videos, like, or you can send okay. me some links. So, where are oh. all the places? The book you can find at foodasaprescription.com. Um, and, and we can link you there. And we have it's all the really social media found for it. anywhere books are sold because we have an ISBN number. And if you don't see it and if you want to buy it at your local bookshop, you could go in and ask them to order it for you so you can support your local bookshop. Um, but yeah, it's an ebook and stuff yeah, like that. And yeah. the website is foodisaprescription.com or locafoodsinc.com. Locafoods is the umbrella company, but it could all be found mm-hmm. in that same place. We have plenty of social media. There's a food as a prescription. Facebook page as a local foods Inc. Facebook page as a, a Twitter, um, which is local foods Inc. There's an Instagram, which is local foods Inc. Um, we're kind of crazy too. So I'm on TikTok with my name. If <laughs> that's something you're into. I'm all silly and singing and playing. We do with stuff food. about food and yeah. yeah. But now, if you want to find us as tap dancers, yeah. and she hasn't said this yet, but she was in Sesame Street Live, which <laughs> I find amazing. So cool. Yeah, and I was in Tap Dogs, which is an international hit that started in Australia. And you could find us, our company is called hashtag tap life, T-A-P-L-I-F-E. You could go to taplifecompany.com to find us. Um, we teach Sunday classes if anybody ever wants to come take dance class with us. But if you go to YouTube and look up tap life, we've produced music videos. 
We've worked with a gentleman by the name of Frank Persico, who's an independent singer-songwriter, and Jason Udoff, same thing. We choreograph to their pieces. We make videos. We have a show called Sounds of a Tap Life you could look up. And if you took your notes and you write everything, go back and listen to this again. You could immerse yourself in some of our tap dancing, and you could use our recipes to make yourself something delicious to eat while you watch us on YouTube. <laughs> I freaking love it. I think this is like the new wave of medicine. Just, uh, yeah. I love it. I love it. Bring entertainment in. I absolutely yeah. am going to dive into all of that. I will link everything in the show notes. Yeah, and then you get the heart, mind, body, soul. And all of food. it. All of it. And we're all just going to have to move near you so we can take lessons from you. I mean, this is like a whole movement. I love it. I love you too. I so appreciate you diving into this world, which I feel like for a lot of people, there may be a passion there, but it almost might feel overwhelming. Like, well, that's not my thing. I don't have the credentials. And so how am I going to, but I love that you were like, no, we did this. We made it work for both of us and we're going to teach you and we're going to make it fun. And so, and I'm, I'm hesitant to get on TikTok, but if it means that I can laugh with you, I might have to just do it. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Thank you so much for sharing this. I'm really, really so honored to have had this time with you. And I mean, wow, with all of your credentials in the entertainment industry, I feel like we should, we should charge for, you know, signatures or something, or, um, but I, I love it. Thank you both so much yeah, yeah thank you awesome. so much for thank providing for us. us yeah for having us and providing this platform so that people like us could get our voice out and you our audience could hear the things that could help empower them and change their life yeah you guys and girls, can you even with these two? They're so amazing. I love them. I put all of their links. I think I covered all of them in the show notes. I highly encourage you to go check them out. Such cool, amazing souls who really have a passion for this work. And I love it. You can hear it come through their voices and you can see it in their faces when you see them speak in video form. So thank you for this time today, Anthony and Stacy, and for your insights. And thank you all for taking the time to listen and to share in this movement with them and all of us. Again, you can find all of their info in the show notes. If you have enjoyed this podcast or any previous episode, I would so, so appreciate it if you would send me a review and honest feedback on iTunes. Thank you so much for continuing to hang with us to mind our wellness. See you here again next time.